everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And Minute 43 picks up where we left off yesterday with Ron having just said, Amanda, I feel really close. Today he finishes that with, to you now, as he puts his hand grotesquely on her knee. And I have it going through William saying, Look at the stars. I am excited about this. There, Aaron, I have done some research. I have oh, some goodness. stuff okay. to say. Um, and I just want to give you a, a quick preview. Some of the research that I'm going to, to roll out today, I did about a month ago. So Okay. I've been so waiting be and fun. waiting and waiting. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, before we get to parts that I'm sure you have done research on. I'm guessing it's probably not um, Cousin Run kissing Amanda. It's not not about that. Um, so, yeah. So Cousin Ron uh, goes in and plants one on Amanda. Yep. Um, and oh, I know what you researched. Yeah, you do. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> um, so they are kissing. Well... Well, <laughs> one of them is kissing and one of them is being kissed. Um, and Preston, in a, in a very Three's Company soap opera-y sort of way, that's yep. the very moment when Preston comes into the room and he sees, he comes in from the worst angle where it looks yep. like she's kind of like like giving out little like moans of pleasure and stuff mm-hmm. when she's saying, you know, moans of struggle of get off me sort of stuff yes. happening. Um, yep. And he, upset, runs away right as Amanda pushes uh, Cousin Ron off of her. Yes. And um, then she's, he says that she was practically begging for it, and I wrote, Cousin Ron is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cousin then, Ron is indeed an asshole. And uh, then... She says, you're my cousin. And he says, through marriage. And he says, or he says, through marriage. And she says, you're sick. And um, so can I talk to you a little bit about cousin marriage? Sure. So I did this research back when we met Cousin Ron because I thought this whole thing happened a lot quicker than it did. Um, <laughs> sure. Because I've watched, I've only watched this movie like a chump uh, as a one whole movie. Um <laughs> And so uh, I did this research because I was like, so let's say they weren't. So first of all, they're not related by blood. So like, right. It's not gross. It's sort of weird at, it would be sort of weird at family reunions. Basically what I did was I imagined, okay, let's say she's like, wow, Ron, I really like kissing you. Let's get together. I know we're cousins, but it's only by marriage. That's fine. Sure. So then I was like, okay, but what, so what what are we doing here? I think actually I was looking at uh, that definition of what cousin once removed situation is, and there was yeah. a link for cousin marriage, and I was like, well, this is pertinent. Click. So mm-hmm. it's not entirely pertinent, but this is imagining a world where they are not related by blood. They are related by blood. Sorry, they are related by blood, and they decide to get married. So here's a couple of facts. So cousin marriage is important in several anthropological theories, which often differentiate between matriarchal and patriarchal parallel and cross cousins. Uh which I think I defined parallel and cross cousins uh, elsewhere. I don't remember. I think that's where like uh, parallel, I think is when um, two brothers have kids 
or two sisters have kids versus a brother and a sister have kids versus like who okay. their cousins are. Um, okay. I think that's what it is. That is me pulling on information I saw one time about a month ago. So that don't take that sure. too too hard. Uh, it says currently about ten percent and historically as high as eighty percent of all marriages are between first or second cousins. It says cousin marriages are often arranged. And anthropologists okay. believe that they are used as a tool to strengthen the family, conserve its wealth, protect its cultural heritage, and retain the power structure of the family and its place in the community. That's sort of like uh, why like kings and like royalty and stuff often would intermarry because it's like, hey, if you marry your cousin, I'm going to use crime family. It, we're still the whole Gambino family, so like mm-hmm. we don't bring in the... Corleone family to you know like dilute our family's interests we're keeping it within the sure. family um, so it says some groups encourage cousin marriage while others attach a strong social stigma to it oh the, I cut this line off weird in some regions in the Middle East uh, more than half of all marriages are between first and second cousins um, in some countries of the, in this region this may exceed 70% just outside this region is often legal but infrequent Uh, Many cultures have encouraged specifically cross-cousin marriages. In other places, it is legally prohibited and culturally equivalent to incest, Um, which I guess means that incest is defined as like a parent and a child as opposed to two cousins. Um, And says supporters of cousin marriage, which like is is a wild uh, group to belong to. I, I I mean, I guess I mean, you know, who am I to say often view the prohibition as discrimination while opponents cite the potential immorality. One of the fascinating, like, do you ever have the thought, like, what if you are the only human and everyone that you know is just a very well-made robot? No. Okay. Uh, maybe you will tomorrow and it'll it'll uh, freak your bean as much as it does to me on some regular form of, of a basis. Uh-huh. Um, another thing that gets my, my bean freaked a little bit is the idea that the concept of co- of cousins marrying each other and, you know, having sex with each other and stuff. Oh, I guess incest can also be brother-sister. Um, anyways. Yeah. Um, is wrong through, like, a, um, a concerted conspiracy to stop that, like, stop rich people from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I saw years and years ago. But it's such a weird thing because it's so, in our culture, it's so, such a taboo. Yeah. That to think that is almost like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are people that think this, but like, what if the idea of racism is just a conspiracy? Like, yeah, it's it's a wild thing to think. And I'm not equating the two. So all of you supporters of cousin marriage, let's not I'm not saying you're like racists, but like, right. It's the same thing where it's so culturally embedded as wrong that to say it's a, a conspiracy almost like validates it in some way which is wild so yeah all of that to say and i wrote i wrote this said i said all that said he's not related to her by blood but you still don't launch a kiss at someone i don't care who you are that was my conclusion because i didn't want to like i wasn't trying to excuse anything i was saying this is the context that we're talking about cousins but Mm -hmm. also don't do that even if you're not related at all don't just blast a kiss at someone yeah it's not cool, and hist- history will not look kindly on you. True. <laughs> and then Ron has a relatable um, realization. Oh, my God! <laughs> Are you going to tell my parents? <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, 
is is like it doesn't redeem Ron in any way, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess you kind of reap what you sow when yep. you, you try and make out with your cousin. She has a more direct line to your parents than other girls might. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she absolutely does. So then we cut to a uh, girl whose party it is, who I have officially decided to abbreviate as GWPII or Gwippy, is taking I just call out... her hostess. Ah, like the cake snack. Got it. Um, Because she's such a snack. Um, uh-huh. Definitely so... not like the person who is, you know, hosting a party. Right, 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 right. Definitely. Um, that's no, that's I got not it, it at all. she's a Why, snack. It's so weird that you would bring that up because uh, she's it's clearly because she's a snack. She's taking out mm-hmm. the trash. Um, she sure is. In the way that I frequently take out the trash, which is uh, angrily and spitefully mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure. yellingly. So then she is, uh, she walks away and then Preston uh, looks at the letter and I wrote resignedly puts the letter on the heap mm-hmm. and walks away. Yep. Then we cut to William talking to Stoner Guy. Mm-hmm. The guy that is ran this... into the table at the beginning of the movie. I was going to say, yeah. I, I wrote William, drunk William talking to a stoner guy. I think the one who ran into a table or whatever at the beginning. This is my last note of the minute. And then I have some other stuff that I that I wrote notes about. But is William drunk or stoned or both? He sounds stoned. Yeah. But the only thing we have seen him imbibe nice. is quote unquote spirits. Right. So I d- I would not qualify beer as spirits. No. I'm pretty sure spirits means hard liquor. I, I could agree. be wrong. I think you're correct. To me at least spirits means hard liquor. We have seen him take a sip of beer. I Two have, sips of beer. I think of spirits as a volatile alcohol and beer is like uh, you know, a loaf of bread. Like it's not going anywhere when you open it up. Like it'll just flat. It'll get flat, but it's not like spirits will evaporate and there are fumes involved. That's maybe that's just yeah. me taking like ghosts and volatile. Yeah, is that why together. they call it that? Because the fumes are the spirits of the the booze. I mean, it's I, like let me ask you this: booze ghosts. Is that is that is that headcanon as as delightful to you as it is to me? Because I I might not yeah. Google it. If, yeah, not gonna Google it if that's officially what it is. Don't add us. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. You like every time you open up a bottle of hard liquor, just a little booze ghost yeah. goes hello. Hey, and ghosts are often saying booze. They that's why they say that. <gasps> They're, they say they're, booze, <laughs> but then they they evaporate before they can finish the word. That's that, so sad aw. and also adorable. <laughs> you know, like ghosts. Um, yeah. So, by the way, not, the ghosts in my head are like Casper, Casper. type. Absolutely, ghosts. of course. Yeah, yes, they're yeah. they're cute, adorable. Right. Yeah, correct. Yeah, we not were scary yeah. ghosts. Nope, nope. The throne pies. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> So I finally did the actor that plays Stoner Guy. As you'll recall from the first week of the show, I decided that if we aren't going to see someone's face, we're not going to talk about them yet. And we didn't technically see Stoner Guy's face, I think because it was in a mop of hair. Um, Yeah. So this guy's name is Brian Klugman or Klugman. Okay. Um, I want to use the word glow up for this gentleman because, wow. Okay. 
He grew up to look very handsome. He cut the locks. I feel like he looks very, very handsome. Um, Okay. His top three, he played Jason Rosen in the movie The Words with Bradley Cooper, which he wrote and directed. Brian Klugman did. Um, He played a character named Sidney Greenbaum in a movie called Baby, 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 which he also wrote and directed. Uh, And I also took the note, presumably a movie about three babies, maybe three ninjas prequel. So I was clearly (laughs) in a fun, in a fun mood taking these notes. And um, he played Charlie in the movie Cloverfield, which I have been hesitant to watch because I don't want to get motion sick, um, even though I've heard interesting things about it. I didn't see Cloverfield. I saw the the Cloverfield sequel, paradox, the sequel one with um, John Goodman. Yes, thank you. My brain yeah. was saying Dan Aykroyd, and then it was also saying Nope. Right. That that one was actually quite good. I, I didn't heard that one was know, good. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that it was a Cloverfield sequel. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know what Cloverfield was about. Yeah. I had it in my head that Cloverfield was like a Godzilla thing. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. But it's aliens. Is it? In the other one, it was. was I imagine the driver, whatever. Is, yeah. Now I think, I'm gonna look up what it's. Yeah, called, uh, I, I think it's remember. 547 Cloverfield Avenue. Is I think the name of that movie. Um, I'm joking. Um, so <laughs> I think what I what I imagined was that they are ten they, Cloverfield if, Lane. Oh my God! It is an address. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> Jokes become reality. Cole and the James yeah. Anderson story. Um, Yeah, so I imagine that like it takes place in like a bunker, like a like a, a shelter of some kind, I think. Yeah. And what I always imagined was that they were in that shelter taking shelter from the events of Cloverfield the movie. Uh, but Yes, they okay. were. Yeah. But at the... I mean, I'm going to put... Spoiler, I'm not going to spoil okay. things for you, but I am going okay. to put, you know, like kind of generic plot spoilers for these movies in the um, show notes. But okay. the the end of the movie leads me to, it, it did not give me the impression that it was a Godzilla type situation. Okay. Not a monster, but alien invasion. More Independence was, Day than Godzilla. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. more what I, sorry, sorry to kind of spoil the end for you there but that that was kind of what i got from it because i because i watched it and i was like okay first off i didn't know this was a sequel second of all if i had known that it was aliens i probably wouldn't have watched it so i'm glad i I didn't yeah yeah so i'm glad i didn't know that because i quite enjoyed the movie even if i did find the ending a little bit of a letdown because it's it's, because um, it ended up being something that i'm like well this isn't a trope i like um it's great performances, though, right? John Goodman puts oh, in yeah. a good Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, yeah. honestly, I think you would I think you would like this movie. John I, Goodman was amazing. I'll probably check it out. It seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, uh, yeah. Um, also, John Goodman, I, this is going to be the second time in this Movie Minute podcast that I've recommended this movie, but uh, John Goodman was in the Kevin Smith movie Red State. Um, okay. And he is uh, excellent um, in that movie. That movie is actually really, I, really good, too. I really like John Goodman, honestly. Me too. too. I really, really like him. I think that he is an underrated actor. I agree. I 100% agree. I really liked King Ralph. I don't know if if anyone ever saw that. I've never heard of that. It is a movie where a John Goodman American, um, which is, you know, a kind of person, played Mm -hmm. by John Goodman, 
uh, finds out that he is the heir to the throne. Oh. It's basically Princess Diaries, but if it was John Goodman. Okay. <laughs> actually, that's actually a fairly accurate description of King Ralph. <laughs> I feel like I need to go watch this movie immediately. <laughs> you know, there's no makeover scene because he's a, he's a man and they don't need to change their appearance for any for anyone. But um, Exactly. Otherwise, yeah. Do they uh, at so, least okay. give him like a nice suit? Oh, yeah. They Is, clean him okay, up nice. there's Okay. That counts but as a makeover. He still goes to um, like a burger place in his like nice oh sure yeah 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 so this guy uh brian klugman was also one of the people that came up with the story for tron legacy which was the sequel to tron which came out a couple of years ago okay um he was also in an episode of psych an episode of castle oh my god our our our, i don't know if it was was on my brain he was in princess diaries 2 royal engagement okay well, that's clearly on my mind. Actually, that, those movies are always on my mind because Anne Hathaway. Um, so uh, that is a movie that uh, Shonda Rhimes wrote. So there's our Crossroads connection. Sure. Um, and then he was in eight episodes of Bones playing a character named Dr. Oliver Wells, which oh. is hilarious to think of him with this hair and this demeanor, but like in like a lab coat and saying smart things, but like as a stoner, that's, that's a hilarious uh, character for me. And that's all I want Oliver Wells to be at all. His great uncle uh, was Jack Klugman who played Oscar, the messy one on the odd couple TV show. Like, and is in like, you know, he played uh, uh, also um, Quincy MD, which was like a, like a, er of the 70s or like a okay like an er like plus law and order sort of like he's a medical examiner that um solves crimes sort of deal okay actually kind of like a little bit like bones or like i zombie kind of anyway i was gonna say it sounds kind of i zombie minus the zombie right um yeah yeah, so anyways that's his that's his great uncle so lots of uh, hollywood royalty kids in this because we have dean martin's grandson and jack klugman's great great nephew and stuff yeah. Um, so the, the last bit of notes I have uh, are related to the first thing that William says to Stoner Guy, which is, see the salt on this pretzel? <laughs> yes. So there are, there are numerous unreliable accounts regarding the origin of pretzels, Aaron, oh, as goodness. well as the origin of the name. Um, it says, most assume that they have Christian backgrounds and were invented by European monks. Um, basically... The idea is that um, the craw, like the the uh, the way the pretzel is is folded, uh, mm-hmm. is to mimic um, like someone's crossed arms, like a saint, or like when you die or whatever. Like it's supposed oh. to be like like that. Um, it says uh, an Ital- like one of the theories is an Italian monk invents pretzels as a reward to children who learn their prayers. He calls the strips of baked dough folded to resemble arms crossing the chest, preciola or little rewards. Um, also, the German name Brezel may have also derived from Latin bracellus, which is uh, for bracelet, or brachiola, which is little arms. Because So again, like okay. crossing over your arm. Um, the uh, pretzel has been used as, in a, in, this pretzel has been used, the pretzel has been in use as an emblem of bakers and formerly their guilds in some southern German areas since at least the 12th century. Um, and then, so it says that like the holes in the hubs around Swedish flatbread, uh, which let them be hung on strings, the loops and pretzels may also have served 
like so you can hang them on sticks and walk around okay. selling them. Sure. I think also donuts have that same uh, origin story where they made them, but they put a hole in it so they could carry it around on a stick. That makes um, sense. So I didn't want to. Um, also, there's a, there's a, a a painting by Job Burkhide uh, from around 1681 that depicts uh, someone with a like holding carrying pretzels around on like a stick. Oh. Um, the so I I did a little bit of summary here. Um, I don't want to go too long, but I will say that if you are interested, um, you should. Oh oh oh! I'm so so sorry. It says within the Christian Church, pretzels were regarded as having religious significance for both ingredients and shape because they were made using only flour and water, uh, which could be eaten during Lent when Christians were forbidden to eat eggs, lard, or dairy products such as milk and butter. So like. One of the theories is they made them because, like, they were all they could make during Lent. And they're like, hey, we made these fun crisscrossy little things. Look, here, have a pretzel. Um, Interesting. Anyways, yeah. The article, the Wikipedia article on pretzels is about uh, 85% more interesting than it has any right to be. So if you're interested in this, go look up the, like, basically medieval origin story of the pretzel. Um this is such a weird podcast. <laughs> the thing, like, I thought that if anything, this line was going to take us in, like, if there was going to be research here, it was going to take us in, like, an astronomy direction. <laughs> I did not expect you to research pretzels, but I'm delighted that you did, except for the fact that now I want an Auntie Anne's pretzel so yeah. bad that I would, like, break a kneecap for it. Someone um, else's kneecap, not mine. I don't want to do that. The astronomy part will come tomorrow. Um, yeah, I figured. <laughs> uh, just real quick, just to f- fully represent uh, the the current theory. Modern scholars identify the pretzel as a symbol of human sacrifice to the Celtic goddess Serona. The rope of dough with three holes represents a three-part noose, which was used to kill three people by hanging. So, Oh! Um, next time you eat a pretzel, think of the uh, sacrifice cool? to the goddess Serona. Um, I mean, like it's it's not cool, but like I didn't know you could do that. It's, and that's it's like pretzels cool. are way more goth than we thought, kind of thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> pretzels are super goth. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's our episode title. All right, that's yep. all I have. <laughs> pretzels are super goth. <laughs> all right. Well, if that's all you've got, then shall we do some social media? If ever there's a food, I'm going to talk about the food. And that's clearly the, the case in this movie, especially. So, yes, sure. I'm ready to do okay. social media. <laughs> All right. Well, we as a podcast are on Twitter at JE underscore Minute Movies. If you'd like to speak to us individually about pretzels or goths or the stars, you can do Ooh. so. Sorry, they put salt on it because it offsets the flavor so well. They've been putting salt on it for years because, it, like, the stuff they make it with it, with is sort of salty and bitter, or is sort of bitter. So putting salt on it is, like, a natural thing to do because of the ingredients it's made from. Sorry. Oh, I assumed if it was just made of flour and water, then they would put salt on it to give it literally any flavor at all. Basically, everything they've made it from, from then to, like, now, is full of, like, not tasty things. So they put salt on it for, for that reason. Interesting. Okay. And now my daughter orders pretzels from Sheets with no salt on them. So, I mean, I guess it's full circle. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> I can be found on Twitter at Unabashedly Aaron. I can be found on Twitter at Unabashed James. 
We are proud members of the Scavengers Network on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the scavengers network. If you would like mm-hmm. to come check out all of the really cool streams that we have going, you should do that because there's something pretty much every night. So yeah, go check out Absolutely. the Twitch. I think that's it for us. This episode has also run a little bit long and we have two more to record and mm-hmm. TikTok time is honeys. TikTok go hot dogs. The Scavengers Network. Creator driven. Community focused. Treasured content.